Welcome to the Public Speaking Experts Podcast with Elliot Kay and Jose Ucar. Every week we bring the tips, tools, and strategies for you to become a world-class public speaker. We bring you guests, experts, and authorities in the field of public speaking to enrich you and enhance your public speaking journey. Remember to subscribe, rate, and comment. And now, please welcome your hosts, Elliot and Jose. Hello, hello, hello. It's another episode and we are here on the Public Speaking Expert Podcast and today we have a guest, which means some great news. It means I don't have to listen to Jose speaking the whole episode. It means I actually get to speak to someone that's got something sensible to say. So I'm quite excited about that. What are you going to say to that, Jose? Welcome to Public Speaking Expert Podcast. Um... (laughs) <laughs> nothing really to say, nothing really to say apart from being super proud of being on this show every Monday because this is what I get <laughs> every time, every time I turn up, people, this is the kind of treatment I get. And yeah, I guess it's because I'm Venezuelan or something like that. I don't know. Oh, don't look, pull that card the attention, on me. We are, the attention is not on <laughs> oh me today because we have got an incredible guest. And finally, yes. The feeling is mutual. I don't get to hear you too much, and you don't get to talk to me that much, which is fine. So we turn this into Boo. an epic song. Oh, you know what? It is. I'm tired of this. <laughs> I've had enough. Christopher, welcome to the Public Speaking Expert podcast. He's like, what well, I have myself into? Boo. Thank you so much for being here. here. How are you today? <laughs> Not at all. Gentlemen, listen, I do a lot of podcasts throughout, like, I haven't laughed so hard in the beginning of a podcast. I love your guys' banter back and forth. And if anything, I'm seeing a bromance between you guys. So first of all, thank there you is. for having me on the show. We're definitely going to have a lot of fun. And don't worry, I am a speaker, so I'll be able to speak a lot at a time so you guys won't listen to each other. <laughs> thank you so much for giving up your time. We know you are in Canada. So what, what time is it for you as we're recording this? It's 10 past four in the UK. So for you, it's... So I'm on Eastern time right now. So it's 11 a.m. So 11.10 right now. Very cool. And again, thank you for breaking up your day with us. So what we're going to do is we're going to explore your journey because, you know, your title is from dyslexic entrepreneur to international speaker. I'm dyslexic as well. So I'd I'd love to dive in and, and, you know, unpack that. I've written like, you know, five books, uh, the sixth one's coming up. Uh, I'm going to write seven by the end of the year. Uh, And I think what we have an opportunity here to do is really Help people understand um, that dyslexia isn't a disability in any way. In fact, it can be a gift. But also, what I'd really love to do with you is, because you're also a peak performance coach, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you do a lot. And what we want to do is really understand what got you to where you are and, of course, where are you going? And I know Jose will have a ton of questions for you as well because he, he's very fascinated by people's uh, behavior, what got them here and there. So, first of all, why don't you give us a bit, of a background uh, of, you know, into where you currently are, and then we'll build from there. So take it away, Christopher. I didn't even know you're dyslexic, so we're definitely going to unpack that. Uh, so I'm just going to give, like you said, a little background of what I do right now and how I became a, a professional speaker and that journey in itself with the dyslexia. Uh, so a bit like you mentioned, I am a uh, peak performance uh, business and life coach, as well as a professional speaker. 
Uh, I run my business as a CEO of Dead End Enterprises. Blessed to have nine uh, colleagues and uh, employees under my team. We're just growing from a podcast agency, from the speaking division to the coaching division and consulting and the academy as well. So we're really creating a one-stop shop for high performance. And we tailor our products for people that are really already performing at high levels, but want to go to that next level. The way that I kind of explain it, I don't work with Honda Civics to make them into Ferraris. I work with Ferraris to make them into F1s. And there is a gap through towards there. So that's my clientele that I work with, which is usually C-suite executives, Fortune 500 companies, uh, and just high-end entrepreneurs that uh, want to go to the next level. Amazing. And what got you into this? Did you wake up one day and go, do you know what? I want to be a coach or what, what's the journey? Most, most people don't wake up and want to be coaches. What's your journey to becoming a coach? So that's a great question. I'm going to kind of take a step back and kind of journey happened because for me, it just, it just fell on my lap in a sense. I didn't even know about the industry. I didn't even know about speaking and to do so, I'm just going to take it all the way back to when I was eight years old and I was diagnosed uh-huh. with dyslexia. So my parents at a very young age realized that in school, there was something that was just clicking for me. They used to compare me a lot to my sister, which is older. And they used to add, like my sister at, her, at my age, when she was there, she was able to read and comprehend the things that she read so much easier. And for me, it wasn't as easy. And for people who don't know what dyslexia is, essentially it's a learning disability. It has to do with reading and writing. As I got diagnosed at eight years old, my parents got me tested here. Their specialist got diagnosed. The first thing my parents did is they found a specialized school for me in the greater region of Montreal, where I'm from in Canada, which is called Vanguard. So in the middle of the school year, and they tell me eight years old that we're taking out of the school that you are in right now, and you're going to a specialized school. So as an eight-year-old kid, all I understand is that I'm losing my friends and I'm going to a specialized school. I don't want that. I didn't even understand what dyslexia was. So mm-hmm. the first thing, once I got into the, the school, I realized that I wasn't alone. There's like hundreds of kids like me that have learning disabilities from ADHD, dysgraphia, dyslexia, name it. Like there was more people. So I felt like, oh, okay, there's support here. Furthermore, every single person within that school, the teacher, and Elliot, like you mentioned in the beginning, uh, a learning disability is really just a different way of learning. So the school gave me the proper methodologies, the proper techniques, and the proper structure that I needed to understand what it takes for me to learn. How do I consume information? So as I started succeeding in that school and went throughout my high school, like everybody, when you get at the last couple of years of your high school, you start looking at what career you want to go into. So the first thing that came into my mind is I want to be a lawyer. I like wearing nice suits. I like I like arguing and discussing. And so on. I'm like, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> As I researched a bit more in that career, I realized like 85% of the job is reading and writing. So being dyslexic, I'm like, nah, let me not do that. Let me find a job that doesn't have a lot of reading and writing. So the thing I found was actually fireman. I'm like, oh, fire trucks adrenaline, the boys, the whole nine was really intriguing me at a very high level. So I went into be, becoming a fireman, went into the academy, got my degrees, and then I started working in a Pratt & Whitney Canada, which is a company in uh, in Canada that makes airplane mod- uh, motors, and I was becoming an industrial fireman. At that point, I realized that I wasn't living my true purpose. I realized there was something missing. And then I, I started thinking, and I'm like, my whole life, 
the universe was preparing me to be an entrepreneur without even knowing it. I remember when I used to go into the classroom and hey kids, put yourself in teams up. Even before she finished a word three, I had my head up and I was looking for who reads the best, who writes the best. Let's put a team together. Let me delegate the work and get the grade together. It's delegation 101. I remember in college when I used to fail, I used to go see the professor after the class and I used to negotiate my grade up. I'm like, oh no, that's not what I meant. This is what I meant. I used to negotiate <laughs> my grade up. Negotiation 101. You had to survive as a dyslexic in the educational system that we were given. So as I was looking at that, I'm like, oh, I'm meant to be an entrepreneur. So I decided to go into real estate as a real estate broker where I live. So I started into that. And as anybody knows entrepreneurship, it took me the first year and a half to actually start making money in that career. I actually paid to be a broker for the first year and a half. Then at a certain point, I started succeeding in that industry. Now, this is where it becomes interesting. My speech therapist that used to follow me in high school gave me a call one day to ask me a question about a real estate property that she wanted to sell. After a few minutes of talking about the property, she's like, Chris, how's it going with you? I don't know if you guys are noticing, but I could definitely go on some rants. So I'm like, oh my God, it's going great. I was in my mid twenties. Well, so it's working for me. It's good. It's, it's, good. it's working. I told you guys, I mean, <laughs> that's what you guys need. There's not going to be an issue, but I'm almost done here. Then I'll kind of uh, get off my, my soapbox here. Very, very mindful indeed. So, I mean, I'm, I'm actually on a mindfulness exercise here. Thanks to you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'll make you guys do some mindful work as I'm saying my story. I love that, guys. So as I was telling her, like, you know, everything's going great in my mid to early 20s, making quite significant amount of money, the car, the condo, all that stuff. She's like, hey, I'm the keynote speaker at this event put together by the Learning Disability Institute of Quebec. I would love for you to come and tell us your journey about how you are a successful entrepreneur in the world of real estate. I'm like, yes, 100%. I'm full in. Guys, that same evening, she sends me an email and the subject of the email, it's written, Chris, I don't think you should do this speech because there's still a lot of people that have a negative misconception about dyslexia and you're a new entrepreneur. Maybe you will lose some clients. Now, I knew she was coming from a place of love. She was coming from a place of protection, right? I wrote her an email being like, listen, I think I should do this speech. Call me to tell you. Monday was the one, give her a call. And I'm like, Bridget, if I'm not giving this speech. I'm not helping the kids that are on the school benches right now. I'm not helping the next generation. And I'm not helping my future kids because this is something hereditary. I'm like, I would be fake. I'm not somebody fake. I have to be on that stage and speaking. And I'm like, if anybody doesn't want to work with me because I'm dyslexic, doors aren't clients that I want to work with either. She's like, oh my God, yes, I 100% understand. I wanted to come you to be forced to do it. I'm like, no, 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 no issues at all. And I'm like, how many people are going to be at this event? She's like, 200. I'm like, okay. Now, granted, I've never done a speech in my life. I got prepared for it. Didn't know much about it, but I went, you know, I just started kind of telling my story. Guys, I walked into this room the day of the event. I opened the door. I look left and right. There isn't 200 people. It's more like a thousand people. Now, at this point, my heart is beating through my chest. I am sweating bullets. I'm sitting down. One speaker after another, one doctor, one PG, all these people are going on stage. I'm like, what the heck am I doing here? Like, I mean, I felt like out of place. And then the time came to like, Christopher, can you please come on stage and tell us your story of how you are a successful dyslexic entrepreneur? Now, the best way that I could describe this moment is it was almost a divine moment for me that when I went on that stage, it was truly my whole life has been preparing me for this pinnacle moment, which is serving others on stage with my talent of communication. And at that moment, I realized that's what I have to do for the rest of my life. 
The crowd loved it, got several standing ovations. After that, I started getting more gigs, speaking and so on and so forth. I had no idea about any of that career. So much so that a couple of weeks before I had hired my first coach to coach me to become an even bigger real estate broker. After he saw that speech, he's like, Chris, you hired me to help you to, do, to become a, an even better broker. He's like, that's not what we're going to do. He's like, you are going to be one of the best world-renowned speakers that we know of. I'm like, what? What are you talking about, Trevor? I'm like, can I even make a career out of this? He's like, yeah, not only are you going to make a career out of this, he's like, you're going to be one of the best ones. And from that moment on, I shifted everything I was doing to go into professional speaking and coaching. So that's how that journey took like that huge shift. There's other sub stories within that, but that's essentially the whole of it. I like it. Elliot, give the man a round of applause, please. <laughs> I love the audio. <laughs> we bring it. We bring Thank it home here, Christopher. We keep it real. We keep it real. So love keeping it. it real, Jose, you got your your question dancing. Buddy, what what a what a lovely story. Yeah, I'm not I'm not dancing or anything. I'm very quiet here. But he keeps on saying that apparently I dance before I want to ask a question. That's my cue, or whatever. So yeah, I'll dance a little bit. He does this little, little wiggle. Yeah, I, I do the wiggle. Yeah, wiggle, 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 wiggle. Yeah, yeah, super agitated. Yeah, I, I am excited though. I'm excited and I love the story. And fantastic. it's fantastic to hear. Yeah, where you come from, where you are today. So. People listening to this, if you're watching this live right now on LinkedIn, get in touch with Chris. Christopher Dedean, incredible story. I loved it. There are no limits to what we can achieve. And you are a great example. So amazing. I was also looking at your website. Very cool. And then you touch on many different topics. But since we are actually speaking about peak performance, you have managed to, you know, overcome all of those, let's call them, you know, well, disabilities, if you like. And mm -hmm. then you are a well, you know, a world-renowned speaker today. What would you say? People are listening to this. There might be some dyslexic people and also people with some limitations. And they have put some labels on themselves that, you know, are not letting them do this and that, whatever that might be for them. What would you say? What would you give them today for them to, you know, just get started? What would be your steps to, yeah, perform at a higher level. And I know, I love the analogy, by the way, you know, if you're a Ferrari, you want to be Formula One. But imagine that today we've got people, you know, under there, they're just still driving a Ford Fiesta, but they so still, you know, what would you give to them? I was going to like, yes. I was gonna... Or, uh, yeah, it's Coda. Hey, <laughs> I drive a I, I, I love that question. Uh, uh, and here's the way I would look at it or explain it. The first thing you would have to look at is getting massive clarity in who you are, what's your mission, what's your vision, what's your purpose, and what's your passion. With we're kind of doing an analogy with cars, right? Let's kind of stick in that. That clarity aspect is the GPS. Now we're talking about Ferrari. I can give you a Ferrari with no destination, and you're gonna have a one of the fastest cars in the world, but you might be turning around in circles. So all you're doing is just spinning out. Or I could give you a Toyota Prius going super slow, but with the GPS knowing exactly where you need to go. And every single time there's a roadblock, oh, the GPS reroutes you, but you're going to get to your destination. So that GPS, you have to look at as what is that clarity aspect. If you look at anybody that's a high performer, they know what they need to do in this world. They know why they're here and they do it at such a high level. And then you start putting in the work every single day in a consistent way to get there. So number one thing you would have to do, the clarity on what you need to do. What is your mission vision? 
towards it and be consistent at it. So that's why I would speak to that. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Sense. Clarity is key. And we, we speak so much about that. So people, clarity mm-hmm. number one in, well, in everything and clarity, the clarity of your message, the clarity of where you're going, purpose is key. So great, great, great conversation starter. Elliot, Just what's next party? Because I've got another one. Jose, if you're a car, what would you be? You know what? I feel like a Jeep Renegade. All right. What would you be, Christopher? I'm, I'm off-roading. I'm off-roading. I, I love that. I love that question. I've never gotten asked that. It's almost like, what's your spirit animal, right? It would yeah. be something European, sporty, but compact and efficient. It's like something around there. It's like I'm very European style. Montreal, we have the French flavor and all that stuff. And I know you guys are in Europe. So that's what it would be. Maybe like an old school Fiat Spider, like 1970 style, wow. red convertible, wow. like classy, clean. From the UK, so give you some Austin Martin love. So that's what I think I would yeah, be. I like How that. about you, Elliot? I think I'd be, I think I'd be an Audi TT. Small. Compact, yeah, fast, very, very girly, girly, very girly, very girly. That's not very diverse. <laughs> I just said Fiat Spider, and you're ta- calling him a girly. Yes, a TT. <laughs> well, I'm the I'm the guy driving the the, the Renegade, so I'm off roading, guys. What yeah. can I tell you? And and well, you know okay. what, Chris? Well, let, let's carry on, Chris. When you said you know the efficiency and everything. My wife has a, has a go at me often because of my lack of efficiency when it comes to, you know, controlling my costs and my spending and everything else. So I that's the power go of somewhere the, completely different with that. But no, okay. the, that's the thing. That's the thing. Well, when it comes to an, an analogy or a metaphor or who are you, it just it does reflect who you are in one shape yeah. or form. And, yes, you know, I may have a question L- later on, guys, remind me because I want to know what flavor your accent is, but we're going to leave this for later. Okay. Let's carry on with the oh, conversation. I was going to ask you I the same thing. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like guessing you're Spanish. Habla español poquito. Eh, mucho, muchísimo. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm practicing you, a bit what? duolingo style. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. Um, so you had another question, Jose, why don't you ask it? What so are uh, you, you asked like, what? Yeah, so okay, know, you I, want to know my background? Yeah, yeah, go, go okay, for it. Just, I guess let me answer that question. So um, I'm born in in, uh, in Canada, but I'm Armenian descent. Both my parents are Armenian, so that's where my little accent comes from. Uh, obviously, speak yeah. French because Quebec, uh, English, and Armenian, and working on Spanish. So hopefully soon enough we'll be able to be quite fluent and give some speeches in Spanish too. That's one of my goals. Hey, oh, don't, nice. don't, that's, that's my market, mate. So come on. So you're, you're going into that one as well. Then I need to learn Listen. Armenian or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, when I said, uh, no. when I said, I, the speakers, I have already English, French. And if I hit Spanish, I have pretty much the top four speaking languages in the world. And then the second one would be Mandarin, which I do not know if that will be in my future before I die. But if I can at least pick those top three, I think I'll be doing pretty cool. Yeah, you know what's amazing about you, buddy? Your smile and that energy that comes through your voice. So you definitely talk in the talk and I hope you're walking the walk because then, you know, my next question is, you know, in order to be, to get to that point, okay, what is the main thing about your mindset, your way of thinking about things, your sequences of thoughts that lead to the things you want? What is it? Just to share with us and the audience because that's key. 
I love, I love that question because everything is mindset. Honestly, like I work with high performing individuals and business, like uh, we work on their business, put systems and processes. But if your mindset is not at the proper pace, I could give you the best strategies and techniques. But if you're not willing to do it and put it into action, you're going to fail. It's actually 80% of the work is the psychology and 20% is the mechanic. So how I go about keeping my mindset at a very high level I'm a peak performance coach, but I have myself eight coaches and mentors to look at my blind spots. Because when you're the actor of your life, you don't see certain things because you're acting it out. But if you have a director that's sitting and watching the play, could say, hey, Chris, why don't you do this, do that? So first thing, I have a team around me that helps me improve. Second thing, I put my personal development at a forefront within my career and life. So reading books, uh, listening to podcasts such as this, having great conversations with generals like you, uh, l- working on ideas, l- l- talking to people that necessarily don't have the same ideology. And so I refine ideas in that regard. And then the most important part, which I'm going to correlate it to a quote uh, by Jim Rohn, which he said, uh, motivation and uh, personal development is just like taking a bath. You don't take a bath once a year and be like, hey, I'm clean for the rest of the year. You have to take a bath every single day. So it's that consistency aspect. So are you always consistent on what time you're waking up? Are you eating the right food? Are you working out? Are you taking care of your mindset, your spirituality, even before you step into your office, even before you do your first podcast or whatever? If you take care of the human being, then the business will flourish. And not only the business, your personal life, your romance, your thoughts, so on and so forth. So that's the way I would go about it, being consistent and putting personal development within my life. Buddy, thank you so much for that. And before Elliot says anything about that's amazing. Before Elliot says anything about the showering and everything else, yes, I do shower on a daily basis. I do read as well and all of that. So I'm, I'm ahead of that curve today. So one, one more question, Chris. He was coming. He was coming. He was going for it. And I just, no, not today. Not today. No way, oh, Jose. Chris. Fire. <laughs> yeah, I'm burning. I'm burning. Chris, quickly, buddy. You are the way you are right now. Yeah. So what, what are you thinking about? Share with us. What, what am are I you thinking, thinking about, about when, you're, when you're speaking? Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. Right now in my life, the thing that's driving me the most is, is look, I'm going to be very vulnerable with you guys, is this biggest fear that I have in my life towards what I'm actually doing. And my fear is, am I doing enough? Am I living up to my fullest potential? And that's one of the things that drives me most. I always think about it. I'm like, am I like supporting the universe, God, whatever you want to call it to the best of my abilities. And that's a question I ask myself every single day with the ups and the downs. Now, this is great. We're talking about the wins over here, but we could talk about so many failures that I've had and still have on a daily basis. And then how you face that. So what I think about is every single day forward with my mission vision to help a billion lives before I die. That's what I think about every single day. So Beautiful let me, Thank you very much it's for almost like you, you kind of led to where I wanted to go. Um, so Yeah, of course. It's, it's usually something uh, like this. He was leading to where he wanted it to go. There you go. It's just like, yeah, yeah. Uh, he knew what the question I was going to ask. No, Elliot, I, I, Elliot, I knew the, the angle I wanted to go, and then Christopher led us there. So I'll ask this question, then we'll do a little sponsor break. Um, so have you had that time? I think most of us have. Uh, Christopher, where you're like, you're at a crossroads and you've been close to giving up or everything's crumbling around you. So 
what what did you do to pull you what was it if you're okay to share and then what did you do to pull yourself out of it to get to where you are today and pick yourself back up okay i love i love that question because here's two ways i could answer it is that something i have faced if you're an entrepreneur and you haven't faced that legit several not even sometimes several times in a year a month a quarter a week sometimes several times in a day Obviously, there's moments that are harder than others, but that's a reality. So I faced it. Yes. Do I keep on facing it? 110%. Now, if we talk about the hardest times that have been like down in like business, maybe lost a sale, maybe this, that, and the other, and you were like, hey, am I doing the right thing? What is my main driver is what I personally said previously is that knowing what my mission and vision is. And I'm like, am I moving the needle forward toward that? And is that something that is important enough to work towards it? And here, let's just take it actually even step back than that. This has nothing to do about Christopher Dan. It has nothing to do about uh, Jose. It has nothing to do about Elliot. We're here as a vehicle of the universe here to serve. I just found what the universe wants me to serve as. And everything I do is towards that. And once you find that, then you're able to go through the difficult moments. If you don't have that driving force, that North Star, how are you going to quit? But if you know that North Star, then you're able to go through hell and water. That's why successful entrepreneurs that make it they succeed is because they know exactly what they're doing so that's the way i would answer that i love that fabulous we're just gonna take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll carry on unpacking christopher's amazing brain just to remind everybody that this episode is being sponsored by christopher dedian and if you want to find out more go to www.dedianenterpriseswithans.com is that right did i do that right that is correct yeah dedianenterprises.com absolutely and Dedian is spelled D-E-D-Y-A-N. You've got to put the S at the end. There was another E there. Oh, was there? See, why didn't you spell it out first? Yeah, no problem. D-E-D-E-Y-A-N. And then enterprises with an S, dot com. You see, my dyslexia kicked in full throttle. Right. Uh, Christopher, um, well, I, I was looking well, about the green. Well, clearly. I was looking no. at us. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, I'm, well, I'm on my well, because I was, looking, <laughs> I was looking at another website as well. It's not the enterprises, but you also have your speaker website. As well, it's, it's, that one. Looking at. it's that one. It's that one. It's the same one. They all go to the same. It's the same one. Yeah. ChristopherDaden.com as well. But yeah, I just use the enterprise one, which leads to that one. Right, can can so, I can I go. carry on with what we meant to do? Yeah, yeah, yes, please, please do. Yes, sure? yes, yes, of sure? course. Yeah. Well, sure? I'm, I'm really? not, I'm not, okay. I'm sure enough to be on show. Do it. Yeah. Take it away, Welcome to the Public Speaking Experts Podcast, and today we've got an incredible guest, the one and only Christopher Dedeyan, all the way from Canada. What an interesting story, what a powerhouse this guy is. He's an F1, he's not even a Ferrari, he's not an Aston Martin, he's much more than that. And today's episode is being sponsored by Christopher, and, well, I'm going to read out his website, so you say Christopher enterprises so christopher dedian enterprises i messed it up but we're gonna we're gonna paste it we're gonna do it right and people it doesn't matter listen to him go and connect he's on linkedin he's on social media we're going to share with you the right link which we did before and remember if you like in the podcast subscribe share and leave us a comment and you'll receive a book from the one and only elliot k and then next we're going to be launching our book together so if you want us to coach you if you want us to speak at your event even doing it together Invite us to speak. That's me. I'm done speaking. Pow, 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 pow. Let's carry on with 
the one and only Christopher Dorian. Yay! Here we go. I truly love your guys' energy. <laughs> there we go. Fantastic. I think, you I know, what's really interesting from everything you're saying, first of all, like, you know, your heart, your, your passion, your love, you know, just beams through. I think it's incredible. And the world can certainly do with more of views. Uh, you know, I'm sure they're up. And we look forward to meeting them all. Um, it's interesting because I, I wasn't officially diagnosed as dyslexic till I was 21. So I, I actually stumbled through school. I was the disruptive kid. I was the one throwing chairs at the teachers, you know, grossly misunderstood. I was the one that the teacher used to come in and go, Ellie, you can leave now if you want. Literally at the beginning of school, like the lesson, because they just knew having me in the class wasn't worth it. And I, I must put my hands up and take responsibility. I probably wasn't the, the easiest student to have around. So in a way, like you said, it's almost like the worst day became your best day because you got ripped out of school and you realized what a gift that was by your parents in that respect. And do you think that contributes towards your desire to give back now? That day kind of set the seed for you to be, be giving back your philanthropy work? 100% Elliot, you got it so spot on. That is actually the reason because I was so blessed to be in that specialized school and receive the help, the aid, not only from the teachers, the colleagues, the, that, this, this, and the other, is that I was blessed to have a great family environment, my parents, my sister around me. So everything I do to give back is that. That's why a lot of my philanthropy work, like you mentioned, is in that. Like I've done work with the Ministry of Education of Quebec about how to reform the education system. I do work with my uh, school. I'm the president of the alumni as well as I'm a part of their board of uh, foundation as well. So I give a lot of my time in that regards, because I've received so much. I truly believe giving back is essential and necessary as an individual. In fact, anybody that comes into my one-on-one -on -one coaching programs or my group coaching programs, anything that they do with me, I push highly the people around me to do philanthropy work. And philanthropy work could be as wide as giving your time if you don't have money, you have money, and anywhere in between. Like Everybody could find a way to help people. I just, um, it's, it's a huge driver for me. Spot on. That's the reason why I do it because I saw it my whole life while I was receiving. Now I'm in a position that I give back, so I just try to give back as much as I can. I love that. Jose, I can tell. You've got a little bop going. Yeah, yeah. You're sleeping alone. You cannot tell. I'm not I'm not doing a thing. And I mean so, so. unconsciously you are. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Send master. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So, 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 so important, um, so important to give back. And you know, I personally wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the people that have helped me and the people I mm -hmm. learn from on a daily basis. So it is fantastic. That is super important. And again, another invitation for everyone out there, give, give more, give more, and yeah. you will receive one way or another. I truly believe that. Yeah. Uh, Christopher, you are an incredible speaker, buddy. Mm -hmm. So engaging. Actually, having you, you know, on the show today, another episode. So this episode is going to be multiplied by 10, thanks to you in terms of energy and, well, content and motivation, inspiration. What would you say to people that want to become great speakers? What would be three things you would tell them? You stole my question. Okay. Oh, I, the, you I, see? I, I you see? That. Sorry. No, it came. Yeah. Eh, Chris, if you if you like, you can answer the question as if Elliot would have asked it. You know, Prince Elliot. <laughs> you're the same either way. You? I'm on Riverside, mate. 
Sorry, you you wanna you wanna hear that was my Cockney accent again, Chris. You wanna, you wanna play? Here you go. Before you answer that question, here you go. So this is a message he left me, and I find it so funny that I decided to put on the show. Here you go. You ready? Here you go. Peter, where are you? I'm on Riverside, mate. That's his Cockney accent. That's his, his attempt Cockney to be London boy. By the way, Peter is a very naughty word for anybody listening. Um, so, Christopher, what are the three things what, you would suggest? <laughs> <laughs> it, is a, it. it is by the way it is a very naughty word and then it's it's there so it's he's been playing it on every episode since then anyway yeah let's just focus on the question <laughs> <laughs> so so when it comes to the speaking world like i mean three things for anybody who wants to get into the speaking world and become an eloquent speaker there's a couple of things that i do and i truly seen some great value out of it first Study the greatest speakers out there, but not only the greatest speakers, but get out of the speaking world. What do I mean by that? Okay. You want to study speakers such as Tony Robbins, the Gary V's, the Zig Ziglar's of this world, like take it Les Brown, take it all the way back and forth. The speakers that are in somewhat our industry, right? I talk about high performance and so on. So there's a lot of people I could look up to and look to them, but I don't only look at that. I look at politicians, how they give speeches. I look at Obamas, how they present themselves. I look at comedians. How do they control the stage? How is Kevin Hart on the stage? How does he take a pause to say this? You have to learn when it comes to anything. This is not only good for people that are speakers, any industry. If you're only keeping the ideology of looking at the people that are within your industry, you are 100% hitting blind spots that the whole industry is in that you don't know. And then once you get out of that industry and you look correlation to other things, then you start seeing, oh, wow, they do this. Hey, maybe this could correlate to my world and so on and so forth. So first and foremost, study the industry, but not only the industry, parallel industries that you can learn from and bring your own. Number one. Number two, speak about something that you are passionate about. If you're not passionate about it, you're just not going to succeed at it. Why? Well, hey, okay, a bit like you said, like, hey, when you speak about high performance, I, it's the thing I love. Like, I don't understand to talk about this and do this on a daily basis because I'm truly loving what I do. And that resonates. People, more than remembering what you say, they will actually feel what you are giving with emotions. So as you're passionate, that will succeed so much more. And third thing, if you would have to remember, let's say, I don't know. You have to remember a content, right? You're giving a speech, you're giving a keynote, and that content demands 100% of knowledge you need to gain. Learn two to three times more. So 300% more than the content in itself. Don't only know your content. Here's the correlation and example. I love giving a lot of correlations. We've all done those exams that we had to do Monday morning in school, right? And then Friday came around, we're like, oh, you know what? Okay, I'll do it tomorrow. Saturday, now it's Friday night. I'm going to go out with my friends. Saturday comes around. Oh, it's a beautiful, sunny day. Oh, you know what? Let me just go out with my boys, go to the beach and all that. Sunday comes around. You're like, oh, Sunday morning. Oh, you know what? The Sunday card. I'll do it in the evening. And then you push it, push it, push it. You almost didn't pick up your book, right? Monday morning rolls around. What happens? You're like praying to God that there's a snowstorm. You're praying there's something that's going to happen for you not to do the test. Now, that same exact scenario. That same person, but taking it differently. Friday comes along. He sits down and studies three hours. Saturday comes around. Sits down and studies another three hours. Sunday, another four hours. What's happening to that guy? Excited to do the exam because he's like, I'm ready for it. I want to show the teacher and my colleagues what I could do. This is what I'm correlating it here. 
If you are doing a speech and you've gotten ready to it to a high level, you're not nervous to go on stage. You're excited because you've learned so much. And the more you learn, then it allows you to show your expertise. When you're doing your keynote, then there's Q&As. And then you could actually show more of your knowledge. And then people will book you for more and hire and so on. So those are top three things. Let me recap. Learn the industry and the context industries. Number two, be speak about something you're truly passionate about because it can be so much easier for you to invest the time to learn from it. And number three, more know more than you should just for that content. Know like three times more. It's interesting because I remember um, years ago I did an event with Brian Tracy and he said for every word you should have 10 words to express it. Uh, And that's kind of what you're saying. It's like you've got to know 10 times more to deliver one powerful thing. Just out of interest, um, and you don't have to give the exact figure, but if I was to ask you how much you've invested in your speaker training for you to get where you are, what would be a rough number? Because I think people often underestimate what they need to spend to become a world-class speaker. That great, great question. I'm going to round it up as best as I can and give you the most honest answer. This is all my personal development, my coaching, the books, the seminars, the this, the that. Easily six figures. I think right now I'm probably at a quarter of a mil, if not more than that. Easily. Just thinking about it. Just just thinking about like when you're when you're paying for coaches and you're starting somewhere, maybe you don't have network. When you're paying somebody, you're paying for the knowledge and what you're gonna get at a ROI and return on investment, but you're also paying for their network. There's value to that. And if I just tell you guys, which I won't, because people know who my coaches are. The price that I pay just for my one-on-one coaching for one aspect, it's more than people's two, three times salaries, but it's 100% worth it, right? So there's that aspect behind it. So yes, I've I've invested easily at this point a quarter, if not more than that. And you ask me that question in two, three years, I'm going to be at a half a mil. And then another two, three years, hopefully it's going to be a million, two million. It's, it's ongoing, right? So yeah, yeah, I love that question. First time I got it asked. Great question. There's a lot of first times here. That's how we roll with the public speaking expert podcast yay jose i'm feeling i'm feeling good i mean buddy chris you've shared so much thank you i mean i really like those three elements and the invitation for people to explore other industries because then that's how you become a good all-rounded you know speaker that controls Mm -hmm. different elements passion is key i'm kicking the microphone for a reason so and yeah the, the final one remind me again the final one the final is one is no three times more, or ten times more than the, 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 the second one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The and I could one still the more third one. Yeah. No, the I third one is just more, more than your content. Because it's like preparing. You know, I know I, I used to do martial arts in the past, and whenever there was a competition, you had to prepare as if you were going to be fighting ten fights or twenty fights, just to be ready yes. for that one couple of minutes, right? So incredible mm-hmm. stuff. Look, I'm I'm gonna go now with my silly question, okay? Which is, you know, no, I love I love accents. You always ask uh, well, silly I know, I know, because I'm with silly people. But today, Christopher, he's changing all I of know, that. He's so more balance. He's exactly he's like so, the Jedi and the dark. You know, he's the Jedi with the dark side. He's more balanced. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that because I can be the, like dark I'm side. the dark side, and he's the Jedi, and you're more like an Ewok. <laughs> I can't believe how much I made myself laugh. Anyway. Okay, let's get to your question. No, I cannot. I cannot stop laughing. I'm laughing within so hard, Chris. I, I 
I love I love accents and I, and I speak about accents and things like that, but not the element of the accent. But similar to the dyslexia, a similar angle to people with accents that don't want to speak up, they don't share their greatness, and they're perceived as something else and things like that. So within the talk, I've been incorporating things, and one of them I speak about, you know, ice creams, a story of an ice cream shop in Venezuela, and then I ask people, what ice cream flavor would your accent be? So sometimes oh. I like I like to say that mine is a bit of a combination of passion fruit with Ferrero Rocher. You see? So no, yeah, yeah, no. No. okay. So you're you're but, catching but, me to but, a loop here. My I, accent is not so, for you, Elliot. Sorry, Chris, so yeah, I would say I would say it's cookie dough mixed with vanilla whiskey. I'll, I'll oh. take it out there, and the reason why that is. Is because, like I said, I'm Canadian, born here, but I'm Armenian descent. Every time I speak English, French, it's clear that I'm not native here. There's a little accent. Then when I speak Armenian, they're like, "Oh, you're not a pure Armenian," because so I've always been like that in betweener, right? I've always been that person outside looking in kind of style. So that's the way I would explain it: cookie dough, because I just like have a little sweet tooth, so that's good. And the shot of a little whiskey, I I love scotch, and it gives it a little kick, and it's sweet at the time, so that's why I said that. <laughs> I love it. I love it, and I love the explanation because Elliot is only vanilla, so we know he's a bit hey. boring. That's standard. That's consistent. What is what, vanilla. What are you? What are you, Elliot? No, definitely not vanilla. You you're a handful, but yeah, when it comes to when it comes to the the accent, what ice cream flavor would you say you are? A good, I think I would be, I would be passion fruit mixed. No, I'm joking. I would be. Let me think. I think you know what keeps going like mint choc chip mixed with Bailey's ice cream. Oh wow! Because I've got, I've got the the buzz and the kick of the mint. I've got the sweetness of the chocolate, but I'm as smooth as Bailey's. Yeah. You, you you have got a bit of Baileys, yeah. So especially, yeah, okay, I like it. Okay, well, this is not for me to agree or disagree. I love it. I love it. Okay, there we go. Since Amazing. we started speaking about cars, then we ending up with the ice cream flavor. Then, Elliot, what's next before we begin to wrap up, I think? Well, that was it. I was going to go to Christopher. Thank you so much for sharing such insight, knowledge, your tips, your heart, your soul. How do people reach out to you? What do they do? Please plug away as you're sponsoring the show Give as many links, ways to contact you, giveaways as you want. Over to you, my friend. First of all, Elliot and Jose, thank you very much, guys. I truly love this energy synergy. We're having a lot of fun. The time just flew by. Uh, so, yes, if anybody wants to reach out to me, I'm on all social media platforms at Christopher Didian. Once again, my family name is D-E-D-E-Y-N. My two main ones, I would say, would 100% be my YouTube channel, my Instagram, and on LinkedIn as well. In regards to speakers, this is legit a speaker podcast. I would suggest you guys to go check out my YouTube channel. I have a couple of how to be more confident, as well as I've done some reviews, amazing speaking books. Uh, there's one that can uh, and highly recommended. I've done a full review on it on my YouTube channel. Once again, at Christopher Dedian. That's what I would suggest. And if you guys want to go to that next level, if anything I said over here resonates with you, don't hesitate at all to contact me or my team and we'll get back to you to see 
if we could potentially speak at one of your events or to coach you in one of my executive coaching one-on-one. So if you're interested in that, once again, the website is danenterprises.com, danenterprises.com. Amazing. Jose, final words as we wrap up. Final words. Chris, what a pleasure to have you here today. I'm sure the audience is going to be taking loads away. People get in touch. Carry on listening to the podcast. Most importantly, as we always like to say, apply the knowledge because we want you not to only become a great speaker, but to speak your greatness. And I want to say this before we wrap up. No matter where you are in life, remember this. You don't have to stay a Honda or a Toyota. You can be a Ferrari. But if you want to be Formula One, you've got to work on your mindset you got to stay focused and driven and remember to always be your best ice cream flavor. Till the next time. Hold on a time. second. There, there, was, ah. there was something in there. There was something. No, I love it. I love all of that. The thing is, you know, if you want to become an F1, come to Christopher Dede Jan. Boom. Oh, I like it. <laughs> I'll even forgive you for, you know, interrupting me for that. You, you actually, for a change, you're going to get a... For a change. I clap. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I love it. Good work, I so I think we should. Well, I think we should end it with that, and then I'll, I'll take it to the break. So, take it away, Jose. Wrap it up with, if you want to be an F1, go. So, if you want to be an F1... You gotta go and speak to Christopher Dedeyan. You've been listening to the Public Speaking Experts Podcast with Elliot Kay and Jose Ucar. Follow us on Instagram and join us next week for even more. Remember to always speak your greatness. Subscribe, rate, and comment.